0: and welcome back for another shift on the geeks watch john and i are back to our regular recording area we've had we had fun at Yumacon last year or last year last week uh so now we're back talking about the geeky stuff and uh glad you're here to join us john i think we're gonna be doing a lot of talking about trailers today
1: yeah there's been quite a few that have come out recently there's some pretty high-profile movies and uh there's a lot to dissect in them.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely high-profile movies. Uh, and then we're also going to talk uh, a little bit about Eleven, Twenty Two, Sixty Three, because I finally watched it, and um, also Blade Runner Twenty Forty Nine. So yeah,
1: a lot of things with numbers.
0: <laughs> if uh, you know you haven't seen those things yet, be forewarned. We're going to talk spoilers. So uh let's go ahead and talk about a trailer a trailer dropped for new mutants now uh it is decidingly uh <laughs> very much so uh horror movie this is a x men horror movie like it's it's a comic book movie subgenre <laughs> horror <laughs>
1: Which we haven't had a whole lot of.
0: I mean, you have Captain America Winter Soldier, which is a comic book movie sub subgenre spy. You have... Yeah, spy thriller, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the other thing that just came out that was a heist? Oh, well, Ant-Man was kind Ant- of a heist movie. Ant-Man
1: was a heist movie. Uh, um, you could argue that uh, Deadpool was kind of a anti-formula yeah. Of so, superhero movie. Yeah. Kind of like using the tropes as a meta commentary.
0: So, I mean, I think as these movies are become more and more commonplace, I I'm going to say that we're going to eventually have more sub subgenres.
1: I can't wait till we start combining things and everything is a superhero movie <laughs> and that's just the norm. That's and then there's other genres that fall within that, so we'll eventually have a superhero Shakespeare story <laughs> and a superhero like you know, Sophie's Choice or
0: something. <laughs> I mean, Warm Bodies, was that a comic book? Because that was Romeo and Juliet, but with zombies. Eh, I don't know if it was a comic book. Seems like it would have been.
1: Yeah, I think it was... No, I, I, it's, it feels like it was based on something.
0: Yeah, I feel it really does. But, but. I can't place it. If it was, I don't know what it was be based on. <laughs> uh, but some of the characters we saw in, in the... Trailer for this would have been um, well, uh, Arya Stark. That's the uh, she plays that character. I, I can't think of her name at the moment. It, uh, Maisie it, Williams. Maisie Williams. Yeah. She is playing Ron Sinclair, also known as Wolfsbane. Uh, the Anna Joy Taylor, who last I saw her was in Split, but I believe she was also in The Witch.
1: I think that sounds about right.
0: Okay, she is supposed to be playing magic. Um, can you think of who else you saw in the trailer? Uh, Sunspot. It was Sunspot in
1: there? Uh, wasn't he the one in the furnace? It looks like he was on fire. Maybe. I it think so, unless that was just part of the the whole like horror element, where it was just a vision of some sort. That it, was could, random.
0: it could be. So like, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if. if danielle moonstar was in there um i'm trying to think of who else are in new mutant cypher uh warlock i don't think any of those characters were in there but that's it's definitely it all takes place and looks like a mental institute mm-hmm. um and these kids are getting experimented on I suppose so.
1: Now this is in continuity with the X Men films.
0: I believe it's supposed to be.
1: See that that makes me wonder then how exactly it's gonna fit in tonally because
0: it's not. It's gonna it's a completely different tone. Yeah,
1: it's 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 I mean it's almost as drastic a difference between like the original X Men trilogy and first class. It's like Yeah. So I don't know. Like that just feels it feels weird.
0: It, you know what it is? And I think what it is is that it is a horror movie first and foremost and then they decided to throw on this these comic book characters on top. Like that's what it seems like to me at least from this trailer. That's and, what it looks like, yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about that because I mean, I, I get it. I want horror I want comic book movies to 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 spread out, become more than just comic book movies but i guess i just i don't have a a big liking for horror movies so i feel like it's i'm being cheated
1: mm. yeah it's like pick one or the other and make it good don't just
0: yeah. do a hybrid that's like <laughs> half ass in both genres so i mean i i would assume that they they plan on doing multiple movies with these uh these kids as the new mutants if they do that I can't imagine all three of them... Be, oh, I mean, I don't know what am i talking about. I was like, I can't imagine all three movies being ho- a horror movie. They can't do that multiple times. It's like, wait, there's all kinds of horror movie franchises that go on for multiple movies, so that's completely and wrong. And with
1: as simple a premise as it's all on home video
0: or, or it's home it's all, surveillance system. Or it's some doll or yeah. <laughs> it's a, a guy who likes to set traps. So, yeah, yeah, it, it definitely could... Could be something. I don't know. Are you excited for the movie from the from this trailer?
1: I'm not excited for it. I This is one of those where I could probably take it or leave it until I actually see it. I won't really know for sure. Um, I don't care about these characters. To me, these are like C-string characters <laughs> for the most part, even though Maisie Williams
0: is in it. Well, see, that's the thing about the X-Men universe as a part of the Marvel universe. Like the way I've always felt, there's so many of them like at at one point in time anybody that's a mutant has been on the X-Men team one way or the other so that's why i it's i feel like it's harder to uh keep track and and feel things for yes new mutants like I guess the new mutants. I'm pretty sure the new mutants came around, came about in the eighties, like after all, all new, all exciting, you know, when they got the new team, which is like Wolverine and, uh, Cyclops or Colossus and storm. So these were probably the new kids in the Academy.
1: It was after the Chris, Chris Claremont era where they started introducing new, yeah, new characters. So so
0: I would assume that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. I, At this point, I'm not excited, but can't wait to find... I I mean, I can't wait till it comes out so I can at least go watch it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it does a good job of this weird mishmash of genres, I mean, that could bust the doors open even more for, you know, greater risks in comic book stories, you know? Like, for too many times, we kept getting reboots of the same story and the same origin over and over, you know, same recycled thing, so... Yeah, this shows that there's a market for kind of mixing it up a little bit, and if it's done well,
0: then, you know, the winner is us. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, so staying in the X-Men, the Fox X-Men universe, they also um, made an announcement that uh, Gambit has a new release date, Valentine's Day 2019. Wow. And I'm pretty sure that it had already had a release date of um, this winter, this coming winter. So, I mean, obviously that got pushed back and then eventually put on hiatus and it looks like, you know, this is where it might come out now. Uh, they also said that it's going to be a high, uh, uh, highly um, genre film, as in it's a crime film and a heist film. So take that as you way as you so, may.
1: It's going to be the heat of <laughs> comic book movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, they have the the box office draw of uh, Mr. Tatum. You know, he and it's Valentine's Day, so it could be a good date movie, maybe. <laughs> it could be that year's Deadpool. It could be that year's Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, Although I think I remember the first
0: Daredevil. With Affleck. That it was also, also came a Valentine's out. Movie. It, it sure did. And so was 300. That was a bad day movie. <laughs> I said this before and I'll say it again. It is a good movie. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says.
1: And you have the right to be wrong.
0: That's true. I do have that right. <laughs> so, speaking of something a little bit more close to now, Thor Ragnarok is going to be coming out. Did you hear about this? Uh, Mark Ruffalo accidentally live streaming the beginning of the movie during the premiere. Interesting. No,
1: he had his cell phone on him, and he was like, you know, like, I haven't Facebook watched,
0: living. I haven't f- watched the video. I assume that he was Facebook liveing like as the movie was starting, and he forgot to turn it off, or he just didn't think about it. He was just kind of like holding it and watching himself or whatever. But uh, yeah, I guess he ended up having to apologize and say, "Hey, I'm sorry." But I mean, it's not like it's not like he showed the whole movie gonna be just he, he live streamed a little bit of it and if anything that's like i, I would think that's great like viral fucking uh marketing marketing thank <laughs> you for them you know
1: now that makes me think of two things regarding what just uh, what you just described number one uh jason david frank the uh, green ranger correct the original ninja turtle or ninja Turtles, <laughs> power rangers uh-huh. they had a crossover i think i was thinking about that anyway uh from the original power rangers was kicked out of the premiere for doing that
0: the premiere of what power rangers of the power rangers movie <laughs> the
1: recent one um apparently he was trying to do exactly the same thing facebook live you know show his reactions to certain things the ushers were like, nope, you can't have a cell phone out. And he was like, hey, but I'm like in the movie. And they're like, you can't have your cell phone but out. But he's sir. not in the movie. I thought he cameoed. Do they? Oh, well, I, I think he did. Oh, I don't remember Well, he him. was there for some reason. Well, I mean, He yeah. probably just got invited. But, I don't you know, know,
0: there's also Mark Ruffalo and then there's Jason David Frank. Well, I'm not saying anything about his star power, but it can't can't be nearly as high as mark ruffalo right oh yeah i'm, I'm
1: def- i mean they're definitely in different tax brackets but, um so that brings me to my next point then is um is mark ruffalo a huge troll or genuinely kind of absent-minded about this kind of thing because apparently he also leaked the ending of uh infinity war really yeah, and I mean, I don't know if this is legit or not, but it was him and um, uh, War Machine, What's his name? Don Cheadle. Right. They were both doing an interview together. Oh, I remember hearing about this. Yeah, and he just kind of blurted it out, like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the movie, you know, and then he says what could potentially be a big spoiler, and then, <laughs> and then he says, oh, I, I really wasn't supposed to say that, and Don Cheadle just has this look on his face like, Dude, just, just be quiet. Just stay quiet. <laughs> Don't acknowledge. He says, oh, I probably shouldn't say it. Can you guys cut that out? And Don Cheeto was just like, just move on, man. Just move on. Just, just let it go. What's the next question? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, was that a joke? Or did he really just give it away?
0: Because I'm, it was very plausible that, that, that he actually gave away a huge spoiler. It's very plausible, but I'm going to say that it didn't happen. I'm going to say that they were fucking with us.
1: So then maybe, so, so. Then, that leads to the next thing regarding the story. Do you think he did that on purpose?
0: Yes. <laughs> so yes, I do. So Mark Ruffalo is
1: low-key a viral marketing
0: genius. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. All right. Uh, now we got to the bottom of that. Apparently, some, some news came out that the, what they were filming this weekend for uh, Avengers 4, or at least what they're going to be filming this week because – Casting calls went out for extras for a funeral scene, so someone's gonna die.
1: Well, according to Mark Ruffalo, yeah, <laughs> quite, a, quite a few are going to. But uh, we'll leave that alone for now. There you unsubstantiated rumors. You had being a, what they are
0: a, oh well still talking about Thor, uh, Ragnarok. Uh, James Gunn on his Facebook page went out and did a whole post about how much he loved Thor Ragnarok and. He just went out uh, uh, on a big thing. Here's some uh, bits from it. Uh, I don't think any film of the modern era has captured the batshit crazy fun of the 80s classics like Flash Gordon and Buckaroo Banzai as well as Taika Waititi has here. I felt like I was 14 watching a magical VHS tape that exploded into something grand. It's the most colorful of all the Marvel films. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is practically Tone in comparison, and it's also the funniest. So that's some pretty high praise.
1: That's making me tingle in my other (laughs) region. He's
0: Uh, saying all the right things to get me riled up. (laughs) He really is, which is awesome. I, I, you know, I'm gonna have to say. This is going to be probably the first time that the third movie in a series is the best one out of the out of the series. Can you think of anything else that you could say that with?
1: Uh, no, not at all. I mean, even in, within my favorites in the genre, I mean, like, I definitely don't like Return of the King as much as The <laughs> Fellowship. And, uh, I mean, Empire is still going to be the best of the, the original. Well, actually, I want to say what the prequel trilogy Revenge of the Sith is probably the best of the three, but that's by default cuz the first two were kind of bad.
0: <laughs> I like uh, Attack of the Clones. I thought that was a good movie. Yeah. Uh, once again, you're entitled to like <laughs> bad
1: movies if you want to.
0: And also, I have to say, uh the third Captain America movie is is the best in my opinion. I I still think I think Civil War is the best movie out of the Marvel you right now but you know what i wouldn't say me. that
1: you're right about that
0: except that civil
1: war feels so much like more of an avengers movie it really
0: does but hey technically, but technically it's a captain captain america technically you're correct so <laughs> yeah
1: i want to say um in retrospect i think the iron man movies had the opposite trajectory Ooh, it's so started true started really well then it kind of stumbled, and then it just face planted.
0: <laughs> well, I, I I'll say the third one was better than the second one, but not by much. Yeah, it's very close <laughs> to call. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If uh, anybody wants to check out, I I believe on my my Twitter page, on my Twitter feed, my my pinned um, uh tweet is about my list of Marvel movies in order of best worst. Actually, I think I have worst to best. Okay. So, uh, there you go. Uh, a few other things he said, I told Mark Ruffalo on Friday night, he was the greatest actor in the world and he didn't let me down. Uh, I didn't think Hulk could get better than that. He was in the first Avengers then when he was in the first Avengers, but I think he's captured here as well or better than he's ever been captured in films or comics. So please, uh, Oh, I skipped over the Chris Hemsworth. I think Chris Hemsworth is finally able to go full Thor and full Hemsworth. Charming and hilarious. Tessa Thompson is perfect as as Valkyrie, my other new favorite character. And Taika, as Kong steals every scene he's in, in casting that role, I think Taika uh, was very lucky that Korans have the same accent, exact accent as New Zealanders. (laughs) So... uh, that's awesome.
1: I mean, it's funny how things like that work out.
0: Yeah, especially when you're the director. Exactly.
1: <laughs> now, I've always felt that Thor should be a funny character, and they never really played up the fish-out-of-water stuff as much as they could have in the original ones.
0: Yeah, the first one, they should have played that up more, yeah. and they didn't. Uh, the second one, by that point, he's already humbled and, and learned to be a better person, so like, you didn't really have much to go with, so they just went straight action. And it, I mean, look at it. It didn't, it wasn't great. (laughs) I mean, the the third one and third two just were a thing.
1: It seems to me also that we're not going to be seeing Natalie Portman in this
0: one. No, she's not. She, she dropped out. She's gone. After the second movie. Interesting. Uh, She was very upset because Patty Jenkins was, was supposed to direct, um, uh, Thor, the dark world. And, uh, I guess Marvel eventually was just like, uh, they couldn't come to an agreement on whatever she wanted to do, mm-hmm. so she dropped out, and and uh, Natalie Portman was very upset about that. So interesting. Uh, look and look what happened. Patty Jenkins went on to direct Wonder Wonder yeah. Woman, and it's made a billion dollars. I don't know if it's made a billion dollars, but it's made a lot of money. It's
1: close enough at this point, and
0: yeah. everybody's praising it as the best DC movie. Which, sure, yeah, I'll say it's the best DC movie. I still don't think it's the great. It's that great of a movie, but. I don't think well, it's, I don't think it's as good as everybody praises it to be.
1: Yeah, but it's so much better than Batman v Superman and Man of Steel that
0: it's like it's better than Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, and. Suicide Squad, but that's not oh, saying much. I,
1: you know what? I didn't even include that one for some reason. It's because
0: it's, no one wants to think about that movie yeah. anymore. It's a terrible. Is like, that even
1: count as a movie? <laughs> like,
0: like it should just be a web like vignette series or something. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is a movie, and they're they're making that sequel with uh, oh, uh, who's the director that they attached to it now?
1: John Singleton or something. No, like
0: No, it's not John Singleton. And I don't, I don't think it's Miller, uh, or. The guy who who directed...
1: Chris Lord or Phil Miller? No, movies?
0: not them. The guy who directed the Deadpool movie, the first Deadpool movie. Oh. Was it his name also? Tim Miller. Tim Miller, yes. I think, I think he's attached to it. I want to say you're right. Uh, that yeah. feels good in my bones. Does that feel good in your yeah. bones? <laughs> 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 I remember for a while there, they were talking about... Um, uh, Mel Gibson directing the sequel, yeah, which, which would, would have been, been weird. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why,
1: why, are some of these members of the Suicide Squad
0: anti <laughs> <laughs> Uh Are there any Jewish DC heroes? Now that I think about it, Jewish DC. Well, Ragman is. Do um, you want to talk about the main ones? Like just any that kind of stand out or they have maybe
1: retroactively been made Jewish. i uh, just out of curiosity.
0: Uh, Cause I think
1: like Kyle Rainier wasn't originally Hispanic until like later on. Yeah. That like was that? A... a retroactive thing. Yeah. Rainier
0: is obviously Irish, but <laughs> yeah, they made him uh, Hispanic in the end. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Gavin, Gavin O'Connor. He's the one who's, who landed the job, which is awesome. Cause he did, he did the accountant.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about that. Yeah. That's um,
0: right. Uh I don't know. I can't, I can't think of anybody other than Ragman. And I mean, most people don't know Ragman, but he was just recently in last seasons of of Arrow, so mm-hmm. he got to have a spot. All
1: right. Well, keep him
0: away from Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so, you know, there's there's a uh, that and yeah i don't remember what what the reason is that she didn't want to come back for the third movie but i I remember that was one of the reasons is patty jenkins so
1: so i guess she won't be female for should they ever go down that route
0: probably not if anything it would probably be tessa thompson now she because she's now valkyrie so Mm, yeah so she might end up taking over um you also had a couple movies that wrapped up well you not personally but you wanted to talk about
1: oh yeah i just wrapped up a couple things that i was working on <laughs> no yeah so they just announced that uh daredevil 2 nope deadpool 2 or deadpool 2 what was it i was thinking batfleck earlier uh, deadpool 2 and uh x-men dark phoenix have wrapped production
0: and uh will not be going into post so like i know even i know deadpool 2 uh, had to stop production for like a week or so because of that stunt woman that passed uh, while doing a stunt um, but at least I was I remember seeing a lot of stuff coming out of the production of that of the shooting of that movie so I, I can kind of see Deadpool 2 being wrapped but I feel like there wasn't a lot that came out for Dark Phoenix Like, like I remember them saying they started it and then like people were still being announced as being cast as people. So <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's going on here? Like that seems very weird. And now it's done. And now it's already done.
1: Now, was it Singer that's directing Dark Phoenix?
0: No, it is Simon Kingberg.
1: What's he done?
0: Well, he's usually the writer. He's the one who's written a lot of the oh, X-Men movies. I don't like it when they do that. A lot of
1: times the writers don't translate to directors. <laughs>
0: Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm i pretty sure this is still produced by the Schulers. So I have to say if Laura and, and Richard Donner... I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Schuler Donners? Yeah.
0: yeah. If they're, if they're okay with it, then it should be okay.
1: I guess. But it's also on the Fox side of things and things can get really screwy yeah. with them. <laughs> I don't know. Like well, I mean, and I wasn't super stoked with uh, Age of Apocalypse. No? And as how, you shouldn't
0: be because that was a bad movie?
1: Yeah. And I'm like, why... Uh, 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 yeah you know what? i don't even want to go into yeah. egypt apocalypse let's just
0: move on from that <laughs> this will be his first directing credit as well
1: I- interesting
0: yeah he wrote let's see he's he, wow so as of writing credits right now starting from most recent we got x-men dark phoenix killer's game logan's run luna park untitled star wars anthology film star wars rebels uh, X-Men Apocalypse, Fantastic Four. Let me see which one thats Fantastic. it It's got to be that one. Yep. Uh, he's obviously on Fox's payroll. Yep. Um, where did I stop at? Fantastic Four. X-Men Days of Future Past. This means war, which I enjoy. I think that's a very <laughs> good movie. Sherlock Holmes with uh, Robert Downey Jr. I like that. Right. He wrote Jumper, which is... I, you know, I like Jumper. It's a good movie. It's I, it's a it's a decent movie.
1: It's yeah, it, it was entertaining. It wasn't anything too serious, but it had a pretty cool idea behind it.
0: Uh he wrote the TV version of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. He wrote X-Men the Last Stand. Oh, he also wrote the t- the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh X Triple X State of the Union, so the Triple X movie with Ice Cube. And The Legacy, a TV movie. That was his first movie in 2002. So, yeah, uh, Fox has just kind of been like, hey, you're our guy to write all these genre things. Apparently, there's a uh, Logan's Run remake in the, in the announcement.
1: Well, they, supposedly, they've been working on that for quite a long time. I remember Singer being attached to it in the mid-2000s. Oh, But uh, that's never really taken off. I don't know what's going on there. I thought it was actually going to come out one time when I saw a trailer, which turned out to be The Island by Michael Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Because it had that kind of a weird, you know, people living in a fake utopia and they were actually being raised for slaughter. Right. I was like, oh, that's almost on par with Logan's run. Just It wasn't for organ harvesting. It was just population control.
0: (laughs) uh okay so i mean what did you what do you think about deadpool 2 and dark phoenix rapping?
1: uh deadpool 2 i mean assuming that they're still trying to keep it somewhat low budget um because that was part of what that was going on right like they um i think the director split because they had different visions of Where they wanted to take the series.
0: Right. So, Tim Miller, Miller, uh, you know, he didn't want to spend a whole bunch of money again, or he did want to spend a whole bunch of money, whichever story you want to believe. Yeah, so we're giving them
1: a whole bunch of money because it it made it all.
0: And a lot of people were saying, no, we don't want to do that because that's why the first one was so great. It's because we didn't spend a whole bunch of money. Yeah, so.
1: and, and they got to write some cool jokes about why there wasn't that many people at the mansion. Right. And whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> they, they made the
0: best with what they had. Exactly.
1: Yeah, sometimes that pushes your creativity a little bit. Um, yeah, but it just feels like it's just ending so soon. Like, they, it feels like they just started filming. And, I mean, I remember a movie like Terminator 2 back in the day because I really followed, like, productions of movies because that's just what I'm into, apparently. I remember Terminator 2 took six months to, to like, complete from, like, beginning to end. And this feels like it was only, like, a couple of months, tops. And we're, you know, special effects have moved quite a bit from there. And you have a character like Cable that is probably going to require as much special effects on his body as Colossus did. He was an entirely <laughs> CGI character.
0: You know, that that's, Cable reminds me of, like, what terminator should be you know like you know half man half machine and time traveler traveler. so i want to see when cable comes back in time like a giant sphere of time that cuts into the side of things i think that'd be cool like that'd be pretty uh, awesome that was
1: always one of my favorite moments from that terminator 2 is that time displacement sphere yeah exactly but i like the simple version from t2 i don't like how they tried to make it more fancy in the following movies Uh,
0: well you know it's just you get more money you could try more things uh, yeah and,
1: and that sometimes that can be a bad thing <laughs> i was like yeah you don't need to bump it up to 4k it, it, it works just fine
0: <laughs> uh all right so the big one star wars the last jedi i assume you've watched the trailer a few times
1: i have i've also seen uh, reaction videos to the people watching the trailer which is a really odd thing nowadays to watch to other say. people's reactions yeah <laughs> I was like, okay, like I didn't have that same look of awe on my face you know, when the pork came out as some of these people did, so am I missing something?
0: Are these people just hamming it up? Like, what's going on? I'll give you, this is the reason, okay, look the stupid Porg thing (laughs) like, I'm gonna laugh in everybody's face when they end up hating that just as much as they hated Jar Jar and as much as adults hated Ewoks back in the day It's ridiculous that this is becoming an internet phenomenon thing again. Uh, I feel like if the if commercial internet was as big as it was when the fucking episode one came out, as big as it is now, there'd probably be a whole different thing for Jar Jar, of either hate or love. Um, and this brings me to another thing. Fucking Rick and Morty fans, <laughs> look, I love the show. I think it's hilarious. But you don't need to go fucking writing at a McDonald's because of they ran out of Szechuan sauce for that was a promotional, like, hey, we're going to bring it back for a day thing.
1: I want my
0: sauce. That's stupid. You know, and this is people going crazy over porgs right now. It's, it's, it's being added into a whole bunch of different scenes from different movies and just like, oh, oh. it's so, <laughs> so dumb. It's dumb.
1: <laughs> now, here's what I'm hoping. And this won't be true, but it would be awesome. What if the Porg was Han Solo's version of the puppy from John Wick oh as a gift God. to Chewbacca? There's, like, there's a whole letter attached to it saying, hey, to help you deal with my death, <laughs> in the event of my death, here's a, a Porg just for you. And the first order, Snoke kills the Porg. And it says Chewbacca on a one-man rampage
0: great awesome i can't wait to see chewbacca john wicked out
1: chewbacca the Bobo yega <laughs> <laughs> you uh, call him bubble Baca. Baca yega Baca yega uh
0: i look i don't know <laughs> i i don't know anymore <laughs> uh the, speaking of snoke the snoke that we see in the trailer uh, is that another hologram or is it Yeah, no, actual no, that's, snow? that's him
1: now that's the, you can tell that's him in the flesh because he looks very rosy pink and um
0: he didn't look like a hologram the first time and eh, he was very kind of bluish not until he disappeared yeah because i remember thinking oh wow there's an, a big huge guy there there's a giant dude there yeah Um, no,
1: I think this is definitely him now, and you can see the color of his clothes, too. Like, he wears, like, a golden robe. He Mm. actually kind of looks a little bit like Goldmember. I've seen Mm. that meme floating around now. And, uh, yeah, it looks like he's gonna be in the presence of Rey at some point. They're gonna come together.
0: So, the trailer would have you believe that Rey is asking Kylo to teach her to be something.
1: Yeah, and they were setting that up since the other movie, too.
0: So but so you think that's a legitimate scene, that that's actually happening there, or do you think it was just creative editing? Like, she could be saying that to Luke in one scene, and then they just cut in Kylo in another scene.
1: No, I really do think that that's what they're they're showing you.
0: So do you think it's legitimate that she wants to learn from Kylo, or is it more of a ruse to bring him in?
1: Well... Based on what I've seen of the trailer, it seems like Luke doesn't want a teacher. Like, he starts to, and then he's like, you know what? Like, you're too much of a liability. I think he's, it's gonna, a lot of the plot points, uh, other people have pointed out, looks like it's gonna follow a similar formula to Empire Strikes Back. With surprise, Luke surprise. Being, yeah, with Luke being the Yoda character. And now if you remember in Empire, Luke doesn't finish his training because he decides to leave to go help his friends. Right. What I think is going to happen in this movie, I think Luke is going to purposely not train Rey because he realizes it's going to be too dangerous. She's going to have too much power. She's going to get tempted. It's better to just kind of leave her where she's at. And she's going to still want to get trained. And she's going to probably want to take Kylo up on the offer that he did in the first movie, which was, you know, he told her right during their duel at the end that, you know, that she needs a teacher, that he could show her the ways of the Force. And I think she's going to want to take him up on it.
0: But then that would also mean that Luke didn't finish the training for Ben or Kylo. Mm-hmm. And then now he's not going to finish the training for Ray. For he's just a terrible teacher. Like, Luke is just a terrible Dude, person. Luke is the worst. <laughs>
1: I mean, I like the guy, but. He's just, just. I he mean, was, he's
0: he was a terrible moisture farmer. Yeah. <laughs> he was a he was a terrible Jedi student. Yeah, and now he's a terrible teacher. I mean,
1: yeah, I think the whole Skywalker line
0: just needs to end. Well, I mean, it it kind of is. Yeah, it's it's getting there. Uh, it looks like part of Kylo's new training is to also kill his mother. That I don't think we're gonna see in the movie okay I mean they're gonna have to
1: figure out a way to kill off uh, Carrie Fisher for sure right I mean we'll kill off Leia
0: because Carrie Fisher passed yeah, away
1: but I don't think that that's what they had in mind in if they don't find some way to fix it with editing it I wouldn't be surprised if it just happens off screen between the movies between this one and the next one um, that would really kind of suck because a character as big as Princess Leia you know would have to have something on screen that would, you know, make the transition. But I don't know. You never know. Like, maybe they'll include something with CGI. They already showed they could do it, albeit with some Uncanny Valley in uh, Rogue One. So I don't see why they couldn't just make a, a insertion of...
0: Well, they said that they're not going to with her.
1: They're not going to... In this movie or the next one? Uh,
0: in the next one.
1: They're not going to include her in it?
0: Right. Because so she the, already filmed all her parts for Last Jedi right before she passed. And in uh, whatever they call episode nine, it was already stipulated that she wouldn't be in their CGI or, you know, body double or anything like that.
1: They should get Sean Young to replace her. <laughs>
0: okay. That's weird.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I just, I still have her on the brain from Blade Runner. Blade Runner. But we'll uh, get to that.
0: Uh, you know, I just think that uh, they'll probably just end up killing off her character. I mean, Han already died in The in the Force Awakens, so mm. I don't see why they wouldn't kill her off now. That would leave Kylo as the only one that's part of the Skywalker footline, so we would think. Oh, I mean, I guess, and Luke. And Luke, yeah. And then maybe Ray. Maybe Ray. <laughs> okay, so that was that's the other thing I was gonna ask. If are, are we gonna follow in true Empire fashion and have a big reveal as epic as Darth Vader is Luke Luke's father?
1: Yes, but who could it possibly be that wouldn't already be guessed by everyone? Oh I mean, well,
0: everything under the sun has been guessed. I mean, yeah. Ray is jar jar Binks's daughter i mean <laughs> i mean that's probably out there somewhere i'm sure yeah
1: so like i don't know like they're, they're gonna have to have that type of reveal but what exactly the reveal will be i don't know like they they're definitely have to come up with something really clever and kind of out of left field to really surprise even the most jaded of us that have guessed everything under <sighs> the sun
0: well I, yeah it, there's definitely going to be people that are like oh, i wasn't surprised i called it so <laughs> yeah. uh anything else you want to say about the trailer
1: uh, no, other than... I mean, it's looking good. It's got some really awesome-looking cinematography. Uh, I like that we're going to see Phasma again.
0: It looks like she actually gets some screen time, she, too. Yeah, her she and, does something. Her yeah. and Finn are fighting. Yeah, which looks really
1: cool. I think Finn learned his lesson. He was like, okay, you're a shite with the lightsaber, but let's use that electric
0: baton, that mm-hmm. stun rod thing. But would he... Would he have been able to hold his own against Phasma? Like, sh- shouldn't she just wipe the floor with him unless he's been training since the last movie
1: or he got maybe some like cybernetic implants i mean he did get his back sliced i would imagine with the lightsaber that caused some nerve damage maybe paralysis maybe he's part robot now because that would also be another thing too is that uh if you were keeping in tradition in the second movie somebody gets uh you know cybernetic augmentations that could be fun as in
0: luke getting his hand cut off
1: well, yeah, Luke got his hand cut off in Empire Anakin got his arm cut off in Attack of the Clones And then at the end of each of those They had
0: like shiny robot parts and They did so. Uh, Okay, so <laughs> That's Star Wars, The Last Jedi We'll see what happens We'll definitely talk about it when the movie comes out Oh, for sure Is it December 22nd? Whatever it is, I'll be there Something like that uh, 11-23-63 63 Yes. James Franco show on Hulu about uh, a a closet in a diner that transports you back to October 20th, 1960. If you think about it, it's a modern day Narnia. That kind of is. I <laughs> I wonder I wonder if Stephen King picked that date as is if it has some kind of significance to him or if it's something different.
1: Well, I mean, it's the day that What's his name? Kennedy got shot, right?
0: No, well, that's 63. I'm talking about October 20th, 1960. Oh, the day the, that date. Yeah, the day um, that it goes back to.
1: I think it was to show that these portals, because, uh, I mean, we're going to just dive right into it, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, so, okay, so so there's these time portals, and this is the only one that we know about within this story, but it is definitely hinted that these happen all over the world, maybe even all over the universe. There's these little time pockets, uh, that connect two different points in time at the same space. So, um, you know, you have the, these characters called the Cardmen, who are sort of like the watchers that they guard these portals. Um, now, why specifically that date? I think it's only to show that there's no real specific significance to the two points in time being linked other than it's coincidentally just... A couple of years before the Kennedy assassination and the guy who went in through it the first time which is Chris Cooper's character mm-hmm. forget his character's name um, Frank. when he discovered I think it was Frank yeah when he discovered that he could go back in time to this particular area and then like he really experimented because he got it down to like yeah if you go in you're only gone for two minutes no matter how long you're actually in there for uh, every time you go back in, everything resets. So right, any changes that were made to the timeline will go back to normal, and then any new changes will then take place. And, and then you know, wash, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the rules are very specific to this how this whole time travel paradox thing
0: works. Yeah. Um, Which I have to say this that the w- <laughs> I never believed in the, like the thing that uh, what's the thing that um. Uh, Elon Musk, he kind of believes in the whole uh, the singularity. Well, no the the simulation that we could all just be in the computer simulation. Oh yeah, 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 like real life Matrix. Yeah, type Yeah, like here. if anything, that story would kind of, to me, that'd be like that. That would prove that they're in a simulation because mm-hmm. there is one single access point that transports you back to 19, a specific date and time in nineteen sixty. And always resets it. And always resets it. It's a very mechanical, um,
1: what would you say, like a set of circumstances. Yes. It's it's very specific.
0: Especially since in 1960, the the diner doesn't exist. So Mm -hmm. he just kind of wanders around in the area that he thinks that it would be. And then he's transported back to present day, 2016.
1: Yeah, he needs to like walk in just the right spot and then it'll transport him back. And the funny thing is that uh, if you're doing anything in the past, and, I mean, it's like you have to wait basically two years before the whole Kennedy thing happens. Three, yeah, two years. years, Three years, yeah. Two or three. So if you screw up something or something goes wrong, you can go back and reset it and start over again, but But then you (laughs) have to spend three real-time years again in the past while only two minutes are
0: passing in real time in the present. Yeah. So... So you'll definitely be three years older. Yeah, when you come out,
1: and that's something that they discuss also. That the you know the amount of time you take in there ages you, and you also uh, the more you try messing with time, time has a sort of antibody effect where um,
0: it basically tries to kill you. Whereas what happened to Chris Cooper, he got himself cancer.
1: He gave himself the cancer because of all his uh, meddling in the past. Yeah.
0: So that's another thing that I thought was interesting about the movie or er, show uh, as the past, uh, and I put that in air quotes is trying to stop James Franco from doing things, making changes. Like you see certain things happen, like things fall, things try to kill him, you know, things try to stop him. stuff like that, but nothing as serious as cancer happens to him. And then also like, he's able to overcome all those things. Like, there's no specific reason given to us the why James Franco would be able to do... Like, as we see with the yellow card man, who uh, is, has, is also a time traveler, who is constantly trying to go back and stop his daughter from drowning in a pool, uh, he can't do it. He can never make the change. But yet, as we see with James Franco's character, he actually stops the assassination of, of Kennedy. Which then turns out to be a whole thing of making the world a lot worse, which I thought was kind of funny because Chris Cooper had this whole idea in his head that if he stops the assassination, then uh, things will be great because Kennedy will be alive and he wouldn't, he wouldn't have gone into Vietnam or he would have at least got the guys out of Vietnam sooner or something.
1: Yeah. That was his logic is that he could save so many lives if he helps, uh, stop the hennedy assassination and so the thing about with the cancer i think there's a simple explanation and that's that chris cooper's character was doing that for a very long time and part of what the yellow man the yellow card man represents is uh every time there's a change to the timeline even if it gets reset the the card men remember the original timeline and the new timeline simultaneously like they become mentally divergent and the more you do that the more their mind gets fractured and that yellow card originally starts off as green it turns yellow as they start feeling the damages of time Uh, it's essentially kind of like
0: one of those radiation detector cards um but see, that's all stuff that's presented to you in the book. It's not not presented to you at all in the in the show.
1: Yeah, it's not very made very clear in the show. Uh, that's why I did a lot of supplemental research on it because I was intrigued by the story. Uh, I liked the ideas behind it, but I felt like there was definitely a lot missing, and there was. It's a big book, um, and this is like a what six episode miniseries. Mm-hmm. It probably could have been ten. Mm. Um, Because there was a lot of detail that was left out regarding what exactly what the chain of events was um, with uh, saving Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And it led to basically World War III uh, in the 70s. Um, But, uh, yeah, so basically what happens with uh, James Franco's character is that he realizes after the first successful uh, attempt to save Kennedy that... Messing with the past just doesn't really work. It' worth it. He does go back one more time, thinking, "Okay, well, this time I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to save uh, what the what was the girl's name, Hattie, the woman he falls in love with in the past." His Sadie. love interest, Hattie, Sadie, Sadie. That's what it was. Um, Cause yeah, spoiler alert: he manages to stop uh, Lee Harvey Oswald and saves the president. But the woman he fell in love with in the 60s uh, ended up getting shot in the process.
0: Well, I also thought that was funny. Was that uh, not not the fact that she gets shot, but the fact that, you know, one of the main reasons why he can't just kill Lee Harvey Oswald in 1962 when he returns from Russia is that he doesn't know for sure if Lee Harvey Oswald is the only killer. You know, like there's. A lot of the conspiracy theory stuff that gets thrown around, uh, you know, uh, uh, around in the story, but when you finally get down to the event, it, he is the lone gunman. There's no one else, there's not another person on the grassy you knoll, there's not uh, a person over by the bridge, you know, which he points out to his friend Billy Bill Bob's Billy Bill, yeah, one of the two. And he, uh, he make he, you know, he says, Hey, you know, there's all these reasons things that, that could have happened, and then. They even bump into Jack Ruby earlier on in the movie. Like he goes to his dance club, yeah, and you know that makes sense because Jack Ruby is the one that kills Oswald in the later on, and then subsequently also gets killed. But where are these connections? You know what? Why?
1: Yeah, they definitely play up a lot of conspiracy angles, uh, such as being monitored by the CIA, having connections with the FBI. There's uh, all these contacts that could be double agents, a lot of really interesting stuff. Now, I definitely am glad that you brought up that conspiracy angle because I feel like one of the weakest elements about the whole story is that Oswald was acting as a Lone Wolf, and there's so much potential. I mean, giving it a definitive answer like that, I feel like took away some of the impact of the story. If uh, it had turned out that even if he say or stopped Oswald successfully and Kennedy still got shot that could have left the door open for even like a, you know, whoa. So there was another gunman. What's going he would, on?
0: And he would have to go back and reset it and yeah, try again. Um, you know, like, uh,
1: but, but that would be another way of saying no matter what he does, he can't save Kennedy. Yeah, that's true. That could have been some, uh, uh, an interesting way they could have gone now kind of tangential to all this. I am in fact a conspiracy theorist. I love, you know, looking up government stuff and the Illuminati things. Um, maybe some of these days I'm going to have to have my own podcast with nothing but that. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, so apparently later this month, we're supposed to have uh, a big Kennedy file declassified. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same file that I think they've had continuously been blocking from being released for about 30 years now. I think like Is every that long? every 10 or 15 years, it comes up for review, and they keep saying, nope, the world's not ready for this information yet. <laughs> and they put another like st- statute of limitations on it or something where you can't see it yet. So supposed to be out i think on the 22nd of this month where um we could maybe find out lee harvey oswald was a lone wolf and just was politically motivated or maybe like the martin luther king assassination that maybe there was actually some government participation you never know, I know. <laughs> but yeah
0: well that's all interesting
1: i regress um, <laughs> <laughs> Back to the story, yeah. I think I think it's only because he just didn't do it long enough that mm-hmm. he didn't get the cancer. Um, Chris Cooper was doing it for a very long time.
0: Yeah, but he even says bef- the the last time that he went in before he went in, he had had a physical and there was no cancer. Yeah, but he was he spent three years in there. And. The last time, and he, he somehow got cancer.
1: I think it was because he was just getting too close. Like, he was starting every time he went back, he was figuring things out, making notes. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously,
0: uh, putting down who went what, and you know, yeah, what, he
1: had like journals of like dates of what's going to happen, who's going to be in certain places. I mean, this guy did his homework. He it sure was, did. Was very thorough. Um, and I think it was just that. I think it was him constantly going back and changing stuff. Um, which is also what was killing the yellow card man mm mm-hmm. um, who by the way that was Benny from the mummy movie Benny Benny yeah the kind of I forget what nationality he was I think he was supposed to be a French soldier from the first mummy movie with Brendan Fraser
0: the one that's the the brother to Rachel Weiss?
1: No, no, that was... Uh, it was the cowardly soldier that betrays him. Like Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then he he gets stopped by the mummy and then he sees the Jewish symbol on him yeah, and he says, he you, has, you like, wear the symbol all of the... those of talismans, the, yeah. yeah. Okay, interesting. I, I, I think I've I seen think. him in other things, too. I, just I think it was think. in G.I. Joe. That's the only other thing
1: I remember him from.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he he kind of looked like... um, I know it's not the same person, but he kind of looks like the guy who played... The Ripper in the Last Action Hero movie.
1: The oh yeah, Yellow yeah.
0: Slicker and for uh, you know had the axe or whatever. Yeah, I had
1: the the is the bad guy from the the
0: previous movie that was from brought the, out. Yeah, the Jack Slater, Slater movies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay, I see, it. I see it. That's a so I, I I thought it was a very interesting show. I, I finally got around to watching it, and uh, anybody else that gets a chance to watch it should should do so and uh, talk to us about it. Because and tell us
1: your favorite conspiracy theory,
0: and and tell John your favorite conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and talk about Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Before you do that, let's let me let me hear John. What is your memory or uh, your feelings towards the first Blade Runner movie?
1: So the first Blade Runner movie, I remember watching probably when I was in high school. Uh, and I remember people saying, oh, it's called classic from the director of a- the first Alien and one of Harrison Ford's, like, best roles. Um, I remember watching it and thinking, this movie looks really cool, but I have no idea what's going on, and I'm bored out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I, okay. So the first time I ever watched it was, I think nearly, it's only seven years ago. So, uh, I was already an adult and was able to comprehend what I was watching, but I really was like, I don't get why so many people love this movie. Um, I'll, I'll i I've said this before and I think that it is essential to our sci-fi pop culture, for setting a aesthetic of what we believe a future city would could look like because before that you would you know a lot of the future cities look like uh, what you saw in uh, Twilight Zone or outer limits you know kind of stuff where everything was shiny and white and you know metallic looking
1: yeah very um, kind of sort of. What's that art style? I'm not saying art deco, but very kind of um, like chrome punk.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Stuff you would see in like Tomorrowland. Yeah, 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 like very
1: smooth curves and shiny surfaces.
0: So this was definitely gave you a more gritty look of, you know, polluted and things stacked on top of each other. People living like sardines and stuff like that. Um, But other than that, like I I don't. What's a Blade Runner? Like I understand, there—that's the person that catches and kills or retires replicants. Mm-hmm. But why? Why is it called a Blade Runner?
1: Well, the whole thing is based on uh, what Philip K. Dick's story yeah. to Android: Stream of Electric Sheep, correct? Which you know posits the whole like what makes us human, you know, and what makes us better than our own creations. Um, do our creations have a soul? You know, like all these different things are touched up on in the original works. The movie is a very small sliver of that. <laughs> you know, it, it's the story of, I believe it was like five replicants that, um, it's illegal for them to be on earth because they tried to rebel. Essentially, um, they went from being androids that were completely artificial to essentially being bioengineered humans.
0: Um. So that that was another thing. A replicant is a. It's a what's
1: essentially it's a. Um, what do you call it? Uh, it is a. I mean, genetic, organic, human-looking automaton. Automaton. Yes. Not robot. No okay it's not a robot it's not an android it's not a cyborg they are fully organic 100 percent um with the only real artificial bits uh well i mean i guess they technically are artificial but um they're genetically engineered humans it's what is essentially what they are i mean think of like the the host from uh westworld mm-hmm. and they're probably closer to that but those have mechanical parts inside Uh, only in their brain, I believe. I think everything else is completely organic.
0: But we—is that just the older models? Like yes, only um, the
1: older, like only the first generation was the ones that were still like mechanical. Like when you see that one scene where Dolores is gutted, right, and she has like gears and stuff inside. Yeah, that was um like first generation. Okay. Eventually they became those things on those wheels that were like white. Right. Yeah. Then that's when they're fully organic because they're like 3d
0: printed essentially. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. That's, I always assumed that they were robots and like, they're basically treated as such. And and if you remember from, um, what was it? Uh, into the world or the world's end in yeah the edgar wright's movie the world's in love that movie huh i love that movie so isn't it in that movie where they're constantly telling us do you know what the the word robot means it it means slave it was a norwegian word or something like that and
1: it was uh, i think it's czech
0: oh okay it's a czech word that means it, it was used in, in a movie or in a book or something like that and mm-hmm. it means slave and uh it, i mean which is a big plot point of these two movies these replicants are used as slaves they they do the work that people don't want to do go fight in wars manual labor
1: yep they do mining they do uh, uh, prostitution Mm -hmm. they do all kinds of stuff and uh, yeah that's the way they were created you know that they state that several times but after a failed rebellion on earth they were banned from ever you know being on earth and that's what the the whole plot of the first Blade Runner is, uh, you know, Harrison Ford's character, um, Deckard. Um, that's his job. A Blade Runner is somebody who goes and kills um, android. Well, these genetic, <laughs> replicants. Yeah, replicants, and it's called retiring.
0: And um, but the funny thing is that they die. They look when they get shot. They look just like humans. The way humans look when they get shot. There's blood. There, you know, all this other stuff. It's yeah.
1: Well, they're so close to human that the only way to really tell if something's a replicant is by giving it like a psychological test or check their eyes. The eye thing is related to it, but it's not as simple as just looking at the eyes. I mean, yeah, they do that little effect where it's kind of glowy. Yeah. Um, but that's um that's only part of it. I think that's just supposed to be like the visual representation. Like, okay, now we know that this person's artificial. Uh, But before then, you still have to go through like a psychological battery. And they made the point that, you know, for someone like um, the first character, I think his name was Leonard.
0: Yeah, the one that's that they asked him like if he saw a tortoise or something. Yeah, I
1: was like, what's a tortoise? It's Like a turtle. Same thing. Why'd you just say turtle? Yeah, so him, um, they only ask him like you know a, a handful of questions and he immediately gives it away that he's a you know, replicant whereas um they make a point later on that a much newer model uh like played rachel by sean young yeah rachel he had to harrison ford had to ask her like 130 questions before he was sure is that supposed to be like the turing test basically yes okay i think they call it the Void Kampf test in the
0: in this reality? In that, in this that reality, yes. Um, and
1: there's a psychological battery to test for, like, compassion and all these different things because supposedly a replicant wouldn't have those because they wouldn't have the life experience to build up that sort of baseline, uh, you know, interaction.
0: So as we... The big... One of the big point plot points or big things you pull from the first movie is whether or not Deckard's supposed to be a replicant. Yeah. And apparently the idea is that a Nexus 8 is supposed to be a kind of replicant that would last longer than the five years that, that the other replicants can't last.
1: Right, yeah. The Nexus 6 uh, models, which are the ones we see in the first movie, have a lifespan of, I believe, four years. Okay. Uh, and that's, they're, they're desperately trying to figure out a way to elongate their lives because, you know, they, they want to live. You know, they, they do have, apparently, some sort of soul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just want to snuff them out because we just don't accept that, you know. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, then in this movie 2049 it's revealed that a later model called the Nexus 8, we I mean we skipped right over the 7 and went to 8. So they're following the same model as Windows apparently. <laughs> um yeah, the Nexus 8 had a much longer lifespan. It didn't specify how much longer, specify how much longer. Um but it looks like it's much closer to like a normal human lifespan because it looks like We've had at least a couple that were living well past thirty years,
0: so I find it funny that right off the back in this first movie, you're told that Brian Goslin is a a a replicant his character is a replicant he's k yeah, and uh they you know they're just it's just like told you right off the thing and then the first thing you see happen to him is he, when he goes... Or one of the first things that happens to him is he goes back to... Well, actually, he is the big fight scene with Dave Bautista's P- character, who is also a Nexus 8 yeah. that lives for a very long time. And he stabs him in the back with a uh, scalpel. And it doesn't phase him whatsoever. Nope, he's very stoic for a large part, large part of the movie. <laughs> and then when he gets back to the precinct, he has to go through a baseline test, basically his own Turing point test or boyd contest. test. Yeah. And if he wavers from any of the answers that he gave, I guess, when he first established the baseline, they would, they would say something is wrong with him.
1: Yeah, they show him take the test twice. The first one is when he comes back from his mission and he passes it with no problem. Uh, The second time, after some stuff's been revealed, he's very shaken.
0: Apparently. Yeah, especially like I think there's the part when it's it's talking about family or something like I don't know like he has to say cells and intertwine and yeah intermediate. And I no was trying
1: much. really hard to follow the logic of that test. I it, was
0: not successful. It was not. Yeah, it is all over the place. But yeah, um, he he stumbles at a, uh, certain parts that you can tell, which uh, I, I'm guessing that's what got him suspended. Like it it was I don't to me it was very unclear. Uh, why he was in trouble with his with his boss?
1: Well, it was i well I believe it's because he's supposed to be within a certain wavelength. Mm-hmm. Um, Any uh, it, it's sort of like showing um, well they call it rampancy in like the Halo universe, but whenever an AI starts to kind of go on the fritz, um, it's a it's basically like a degenerative process that you can't really come back from. So, if it's something similar to that in the Replicant world where, um, you know, you start overthinking or you start kind of going outside of your, not necessarily pre-programmed, but preconditioned mentality or state of mind, I think they're like, this guy's a liability. He can't do his job anymore. He's been, uh, I think they even say something like that. You've been compromised or something to that effect. Mm. And, yeah, you can't have that because you know, then you're not a good robot anymore.
0: Uh So some other things that happen, we are told that, or we we come to find out that Rachel had a baby with Deckard, and the fact that she's a replicant that is a big deal.
1: Yes, I mean that freaks out everybody immediately.
0: (laughs) That is something that Jared Leto's character, who is Wallace, I believe is his name, was he take he 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 created something else. He created some kind of computer programs, and he was so. uh, eventually so successful that he was able to buy out Tyrell because it suffered so bad because of the the events of the first movie.
1: Yeah, so what I got from the intro um, narration, not even narration, just the the text at the beginning of the movie, uh, Tyrell basically went under because of the whole thing with the replicants. And I mean, being killed by his own creation didn't help, I'm sure. Their stock plummeted. Yeah. Um, and then there was some kind of food catastrophe And Wallace came in with uh, genetic engineering uh, produce, I think, as some kind of agriculture. And um, that's what his claim to fame was. And because of that, he's managed to keep humanity alive and going. And it made him, I guess, the richest man in the world, where he bought out the Tyrell Corporation and then resumed the whole replicant production business, but with upgrades. This time... Um, they didn't specify what Nexus version Ryan Gosling was, but they're supposedly 100% obedient. They didn't have the problems that, uh, that the, uh, the older models had of like free will, which, of course, you know, is a problem in a slave population. You're correct. <laughs> um, however, uh, they weren't able to produce these guys fast enough for what their needs are. They mentioned that uh, he's very frustrated that uh, they've they've colonized, like, nine more planets, but they should be doing way more. It's just that they can't keep up with the demand. And it turns out that uh, replicants that can reproduce of their own accord would really kind of help out with that problem.
0: Self-replicating replicants. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, he's... That's one of the things that I I didn't like about the movie is that there's no resolve with his character.
1: No, I felt like you're absolutely right. Like, they leave it open for future movies that... I mean, you could take any number of different elements from this movie, 2049, and expand on it on a whole... I mean, you can go on just that orphanage
0: area. Right.
1: Could it be its own movie? Which, by the way... I love San Diego. It's like my favorite place to live <laughs> if I could ever live anywhere.
0: But now it's going to be a landfill. And it's the
1: whole city is a landfill. Yeah. <laughs>
0: For Los Angeles. <laughs> and, yeah.
1: <laughs> it just looks so dark and bleak. And yet at the same time, there's just something beautiful about it. <laughs> it just The way this movie is shot is so gorgeous. Like even the dirty landfill, wasted areas, like all oh, this post-apocalyptic looking dystopian like environments still feel I don't know kind of right in a way yeah uh
0: yeah no it was I, I definitely enjoyed um I, I enjoyed the look of this movie I enjoyed uh a lot of it uh directing Denny Villeneuve The Arrival or Jim, sorry just Arrival um Sicario Prisoners uh I think there's another one in there somewhere but uh, some of my favorite movies um from the last couple years uh
1: Yeah, let this guy direct the next Prometheus. (laughs) I think he's got a better grip on things. I
0: think he's supposed to do Dune. Um, Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, he's supposed to do... I would see his Dune movie. (laughs) Uh, He's supposed to do Akira too, I believe. Uh,
1: Well, I believe he would make it look beautiful. I just hope that they don't whitewash it. Because that's a movie that's so specifically Japanese... To make it Neo-New York instead of Neo-Tokyo? No. Come on. No.
0: Why? (laughs) Okay. Uh, And uh, I'm just saying, I really really enjoy his movies, and I think that uh, he did as well as he could have done with the material. That being said, I think in this three-hour movie, I fell asleep for a third of it and didn't miss anything. It is very slow. Mm-hmm. The pacing is very... I mean, and I know that's what they were going for, but where in the first movie, I think I felt like they were going for this detective noir film, but set in the future. They didn't have that in this movie. There was no real genre other than sci-fi for me.
1: See, and I, I disagree on that point because I feel like this one actually did a much better job at the whole detective thing mm-hmm. than the first one did
0: well don't get me wrong there was a mystery no. which was good but i just i didn't feel like it 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 paced out its story well like it you want to give me like chinatown chinatown is a great detective noir story you know mm-hmm. um things like that it, it just it it was so much of, for for as much as they give uh, people give the shit for the version of of Black Blade Runner where you know there's all that narration, there was a lot of expository dialogue that just <laughs> shows up in this movie, like people just walking up and telling you what it is they just did.
1: Yeah, or really important flashbacks that they show us right when we need to see them. Yes,
0: <laughs> so there was. I, I, I feel I, one of the things I feel about these two movies is that they're, they're made, pe- they're, they're, they're made in a certain way for people to believe that it is in very, it's very intelligent material <laughs> and it makes people feel smarter for watching it, but it's not really. <laughs> I feel like that's a dig at Rick and Morty fans too. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It kind of is, but, uh, I, I can say a lot of the same things held up to Rick and Morty for, as well, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how I, felt, I feel about this movie. I, I think I enjoyed it, kind of. Like It's not something that I'm ever going to go back and watch again.
1: I'll say this for it. Much like the original Blade Runner, the first time I saw it, and the first version I saw was the narration version. Okay, so you saw the actual theatrical release Yes, that was my first version that I watched. Um, Since then, you've watched... Since then, I've watched every other version (laughs) that's also come out. Um, I own it on Blu-ray. Not Blu-ray, DVD. Uh, But yeah, I have like all three or four different cuts of it. And I have to say that this feels like a proper sequel to that movie. Okay. In that it doesn't elevate it it just does a faithful continuation of the world and it brings along all the negative aspects as well as the positive so if if you're a person that found any kind of enjoyment or satisfaction out of the original blade runner i think you would like this one for the same reasons if you're going to see this one as some kind of like revolution in filmmaking well no that's what the first one would have done like this doesn't really add anything revolutionary in terms of special effects in terms of storytelling in terms of acting it's just a worthy sequel to a movie that's divisive but also technically very very well made
0: well i mean like we said there's definitely a lot left open for sequels to the movie uh harrison ford's character is still alive there's
1: talks of a rebellion. I mean, there's like a whole underground movement apparently yeah. with the one-eyed woman leading it.
0: Yeah, there's uh, there's obviously uh, Jared Leto's character who wants to create. He wants to be God. Yeah. Uh, and then you you had the revelation that there's a girl, a girl, a very intelligent girl that's
1: descended from a replicant. Yeah, descend. Yeah. yeah.
0: So she. So technically, if you, you look in her eye, you shouldn't see a, a model number because she wouldn't have had one. She wouldn't have had one. She wasn't manufactured. She was yeah. made the old-fashioned way. Yeah, she has a soul. Uh, apparently, the director or the writer or someone told Jared Leto, and only Jared Leto, if Deckard was a uh replicant or not. And so he, sold, he knows. What do you think at this point, now watching both movies? Is it different from what you thought after watching the first movie? Uh, you know
1: what's funny? I, the idea of Deckard being a replicant never occurred to me during, like, the first few times I saw it. That wasn't something that came up until years later when I was much older and had access to the internet. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that was a thing. That was a kind of like a fan theory. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as that gained more traction, then you have different people like Harrison Ford doesn't believe Deckard's a replicant. But at the same time, I don't think he cares that much. Whereas Ridley Scott says, yeah, of course he's a replicant. Like, I mean, how could you miss that? (laughs) But depending on which version of the movie you watch, I mean, if you don't see the unicorn scene, then you don't really get the idea that his memory or his dream might be an implant. Right. So why would James 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 James? Almost? Edward Edward James James Almost? Yeah, why
0: would his character know what his programming would be, though?
1: That's a good question. Um, Assuming that he is a replicant, it's possible that uh, he has the memories of Edward James Almost, or Edward James Almost would have access to the records of. Deckard as a replicant and know what he was programmed with, but that's never made clear. No, it's not All we know is that he likes to make origami and at one point (laughs) he makes a unicorn Which coincidentally (laughs) ties in. I mean the first one was left kind of vague on purpose. I
0: think yeah, of course
1: And with this new movie, you know with the revelation that later models of the nexus were in fact longer lived He could still be a replicant And we just don't know like Jared Leto now has the definitive answer but he's not telling, I guess. I mean, he so, has to be all method about it and act of blind and oh, everything.
0: Good Lord. <laughs> uh, At least he
1: didn't sell, like, send used condoms to this cast. I don't know if Harrison would have reacted to that. Well, you know what's
0: funny? And I, I don't know if, I, if I'm if i completely off, but Harrison Ford has done how many action movies now in his career? And yet, I don't know if it's just because he's he's up there in age or what, but... He doesn't look like he knows how to throw a punch for shit. Like <laughs> Well, he
1: comes from that John Wayne school of punching, or movie fighting,
0: I guess. He just telegraphs it like a mile away. No kidding. <laughs> and it was so bad. Like I don't know if it's just like usually they they film it better for him or what, but it it just it, it looked awful.
1: Yeah, he's got like that two-step punch. It was like chamber, <laughs> <it's a> chamber <laughs> When he's really- when he
0: when him and Ryan Gosling's character are fighting, like it just looked horrible, and
1: it it wasn't helped much by the um, the strobing effect of that lounge or whatever. They oh, were yeah, in. yeah. The I mean, Vegas. there was this movie has its flaws. Let's let's just say that for sure. But yeah. nevertheless, it was. I mean, I would Is, take this. Yeah. Oh no! I'm
0: sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh
1: no! Yeah, I was just saying. Like I I still feel like it has a lot to contribute to. Um, I mean, we need good sci-fi. I feel like we haven't had it, it, good sci-fi. Um, I mean, I haven't watched Valyrian, but I heard you describe it as, you know, it's a visual feast, but not a lot of substance. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, exa- that's exactly what that is. But and uh,
1: This at least, it feels like it is it it is telling a story, and there's a much larger world at play as well. Yes. Um, I mean, we haven't even touched up on my favorite aspect of the movie, which was uh, Kay or Joe's um,
0: holographic girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, what do you think was trying to be said there?
1: Well, that even though someone's a replicant, they still want that human connection with someone else. But he's
0: not making a human connection. It's It's a hologram. It's a computer program that's made solely to pleasure you. That's the thing, though. I mean, that's not just for
1: replicants. Humans can have that,
0: too. No, I understand that, but he's not making a human... Like, the idea that he should fall for his boss or fall for uh the other replicant the one that's trying to kick his ass throughout the whole movie like to me that would have made more sense but this whole emotions for this hologram doesn't make any sense to me
1: well i think it p- plays it safe it's the artificiality of it i mean of course i my interpretation of the whole thing is that i think that him as an artificial being probably things that he doesn't deserve um you know, human contact because he does get it eventually and then he couldn't care less actually that whole sequence kind of reminded me of her
0: a little bit it really did and that's exactly what i thought about when i was when i was watching it
1: yeah and i was thinking like but what goes behind that i mean the character in her he's an antisocial person like he can't develop a human connection for some reason like he's tried and he's failed and this is the closest he's come to and i think uh him as a replicant, I mean, that's, it's not even something he's really supposed to be after or desire, but he does. He kind of does want something, but it still has to maintain like, you know, he's not a real person. She's not a real person, but they come together because, you know, well, I mean, he purchased her, obviously <laughs> like she's a product, but, you know, she also develops memories, you know, she, uh it, they make a plot point about how, um, you know he carries essentially her personality with him and if anything happens to that uh, little device then it'd be the same as her dying
0: yeah and that was all uh, it, it was all orchestrated to make you feel I mean, it's obviously she's going to die at that point like, as soon as she says you have to put me on this thing and then it's like, oh, okay, well, th- they want you to, to hurt for her. like. But I was like, at that point, I didn't, I didn't care. <laughs> well, see, I felt more for
1: her getting killed than any of the other characters that did get killed. I'm not saying I felt for any, any of
0: the other characters. You, you, maybe Robin Wright's character when she, her hand was getting crushed. But other than that, that's about it.
1: Actually, yeah, people get snuffed out in this thing relatively easily. Yeah. Like, uh, Wallace gutting one of his replicants yeah. for
0: no real reason. A n- a none whatsoever, other than the proof of point that it can't have a baby.
1: Yeah, I guess. I was just like, that's kind of cruel. Yeah. <laughs> um Although I did enjoy when uh, that replicant lady, the assistant, like karate chopped that dude in the back of the head <laughs> and, like, broke his neck. It's like, that was brutal.
0: <laughs> uh Okay. I mean, yeah, we could talk forever about this movie. Because uh, it took forever. Because <laughs> it took forever, and there's a lot to talk about. But uh, you already said if you enjoyed the first one, you'll probably enjoy this one. Yeah. So uh, I would say the same. If you didn't enjoy the first one, you probably wouldn't enjoy this one. It's, it's a thing. It happened. It, it's a movie. So either you'll like it or you don't like it. That's yeah. how I felt.
1: I feel like a lot of the things we said about the Golden Circle kind of apply to this as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of the same. So if you like the first or yeah. found things enjoyable, there you go. You uh, get, get and Maybe,
0: maybe I'm, I'm a little spoiled with the whole uh, like things having to happen uh, at a certain pace. I can't be around for slow movies anymore. But I'm pretty sure that I, I've, I've enjoyed slow movies recently. Like Arrival. I think Arrival is a slow movie. I have not seen it yet. No. i to, to catch up on that. Okay, so if uh, anybody else has an opinion on this movie, I'd love to hear it. I, I really do. Um, I know John would. So if you want to get a hold of me, I am on Twitter at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. John is also on Twitter.
1: and I am at magic bollocks. Send me your tinfoil hat theories as well for uh, any uh, JFK slash MK Ultra stuff. I want to hear
0: it. There you go. Uh, the rest of Geekly Radio is at Geekly Radio on Twitter at Geekly Radio on Instagram and Facebook.com backslash Geekly Radio uh, for our Facebook page. Check out our website, GeekEliteRadio.com for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out.